It's the Chronicles of Aguna podcast, and we're back. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by AMS Media. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and after a few weeks off, we are back. Um, buzzing to be back. Really, really excited. It was a strange time, wasn't it? I mean, everything's been, you know, and it still is uh, really weird. You know, this coronavirus thing has not only uh, seen many, many people lose their lives and many people lose loved ones, but it's also disrupted life as we know it it's made some huge changes to the way we do things um people's jobs have been affected people's social lives have been affected people have struggled with mental health as a result of it so you shouldn't underestimate you know how uh, much of an impact this thing has had on on society and you know i'm glad that things are starting to head back towards something close to normal um, slowly, of course, and it is important that we do it slowly and we do it um, at the right times. I'll probably sound like a government minister there. That's not my intention at all. And I promise this is one podcast uh, and one uh, media outlet where you won't be hearing anything about Dominic Cummings uh, or Boris Johnson. So uh, you can take some solace in that. We won't be talking about them whatsoever. Uh, but there are a few things that we will be talking about and they're all Arsenal related. And I am, like I said, I'm absolutely buzzing to be back. Um, I want to say a big welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna um, family, to Jay Bayford, who has been on the podcast before. You've probably seen him, um, particularly during last summer's transfer window. Jay joined us a few times. Jay has come on board as the editor of ChroniclesAFC.com. We'll be bringing you much more written content going forward. So head over to ChroniclesAFC.com. We'll be bringing you blogs, uh, a little bit of news, some opinions, etc., etc. as we look to expand the network and bring you as much Arsenal-related content as we possibly can. As you can see, for those of you watching on YouTube, I am wearing a Shoot the Defence t-shirt. Um, it's a fantastic podcast run by a very, very good friend, um, so head over to Shoot the Defence as well. Check them out. Um, some brilliant general football content. There's been some excellent interviews of late. Really enjoyed uh, the, the recent one with T Tim Vickery um, of the BBC, which was released, I think it was yesterday or the day before, but it's really worth a listen. Um, and of course, I think he had uh, the ex-South Africa striker Sean Bartlett on there as well um, in the last few days. So some really, really good interviews and credit to Stell over at Shoot the Defence because he's kept the shows coming thick and fast throughout this lockdown. I'm pretty sure he's done a podcast every single day, which is some achievement. Now, you might be wondering why um, we took a little bit of a break uh, with the Chronicles of Aguna, and it has been a two, three week break. Um, we started the lockdown by bringing you some Arsenal Gold content. Um, we did a few player um, reviews, episodes, and a few other bits and pieces. But ultimately, I just felt like, given everything that was going on at the time, it didn't seem right for me to sit there and essentially sensationalise transfer rumours that I believe, and I'm sure most people believe, have absolutely no legs whatsoever. Um, and that's why I've waited. That's why we've held back. Um, it's given us the opportunity to do some some good things in the background as well, um, which will hopefully enhance your experience as the season uh, looks set to resume. And that brings me nicely 
on to my first topic of this edition, and that is the Premier League has been given a return date. It's expected to return on the 17th of June. And the way they've done it is the four teams who have games in hand will be playing first. And I, I'm, you know, those fixtures should have been played previously. But what it means as well is that in the event that the season has to be curtailed once more, everybody will be on a level playing field in the sense that they've all played the same amount of games. Yes, it's not perfect. Of course, you know, if you've played Manchester City twice um, and someone else hasn't and you're fighting for your life, then of course that makes a difference as well, doesn't it? So there's no ideal solution uh, to this, but I, I assume uh, that's why they've been adamant to do it that way. And it makes sense um, at first glance. So of course, Arsenal will kick off again 17th of June with a game against Manchester City. Um, that is the game that first got postponed. And I remember personally being uh, ready to join the guys uh, on the sports bar over at TalkSport. And literally a minute or two before I was to go on air, we got the breaking news that the game had been cancelled. And that was because, uh, you know, of course, uh, Olympiakos had, um, uh, Olympiakos' owner, uh, Evangelos Marinagis, had been at the Emirates Stadium and in contact with some of the Arsenal players. It then came to light that Mikel Arteta had contracted the coronavirus. So it was absolutely the right thing to do. Now, there are 92 games still to be played in the Premier League and the TV coverage is going to be spread between Sky, BT Sport, Amazon Prime and the BBC, um, who for the first time since the Premier League was formed, will be showing top flight football live. Um, that is a sign of the times. Um, you know, there's always been this thing about, um, you know, the Premier League selling its rights to sort of the the more financially powered broadcasters such as Sky, etc. BBC always show match a day, of course, but they haven't shown any live Premier League games ever. So this is a, a, a momentous occasion and it'll be interesting to see whether going forward we might see them do something similar to this where I believe they're going to be showing four games uh, live this time. We might see something in the future where perhaps they're given um, just a small number of games just to generate that public interest a little bit more for those uh, who watch terrestrial TV and, and to the wider audience who maybe don't subscribe to the sports packages because maybe they're not into it um, that much. Now, the Premier League's coming back, but it isn't going to be the same. And I don't want to pull any wool over anybody's eyes, um, you know, in the sense of pretending that football is going to be exactly as we left it. It isn't. There aren't going to be fans in stadiums. Um, you know, the broadcasters are talking about putting fake crowd noises um, coming through the TV. Now, there's going to be an option, apparently, from some broadcasters that you could press the red button to add that or take it off. Now, for me, there's 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 just no need for it. I mean, I get it that people um, want to hear the atmosphere and all that. But do you want to hear an atmosphere that you know is not is not real, is not authentic, that, you know, is plastic as such that, you know, is being um, it, is being artificially added to the experience. So for me, it's a no-go. And I've done a couple of commentaries uh, on the Bundesliga since it's resumed. And at first, the first game we did was the Revier derby between Borussia Dortmund and Schalke. And at first it was like, whoa, this is weird. This is really, really weird. But what I will say is once you get immersed in the football and you focus fully on what's going on on the pitch, it still doesn't become totally unweird, but what it does is it becomes more acceptable. You do get used to it. Um, 
again, it's not ideal. It's not what I want, but you do get used to it and you get past it. And I think in watching the Bundesliga games, which um, we'll be picking up again this weekend for Total Football Analysis, you can uh, check that out. If you download the Hot Mic app, you'll be able to listen to myself and Lee Scott's commentaries um, live from the Bundesliga. We'll be picking up various other leagues as they begin to resume as well. But if you listen, you will pretty quickly understand that for us, once we're engrossed in the game, once we're immersed in what's going on and invested in the action on the pitch, probably don't realise it as much. So what I will say is it's not ideal. It's not perfect. It's not the way we wanted to see football come back. But given the sign of the times and and how many people have, have lost their lives due to this coronavirus, anything else would just be completely unacceptable. And, and you know, I think they've taken the sensible approach here. And I think we'll get beyond this. It will change the experience. It isn't great, but we'll get past it. And I think you'll get used to it the more you see games played that way. Um, so again, I'm not saying you have to like it, not saying you have to love it, but you will get used to it in time. So, you know, give it a chance. That's what I'll say. In other news, uh, Sir Chips Keswick has retired um, after seven years as Arsenal Football Club's chairman. Sir Chips Keswick, what a waste of oxygen. Um, I completely understand that he took the reins at a really, really difficult time for Arsenal Football Club and a time where fan fury was probably at its absolute peak. I don't think it's ever been like that. And I don't think it will ever be like that again, or it won't be like that again for a while, in my opinion, um, because I do believe in Mikel Arteta. We've got the right man and I do believe we're heading in the right direction. Um, I think they're going to be bumps along the way, uh, but I think we're on the right path under Mikel Arteta. I just hope that the club support him in the way that they need to. But for me, when it comes to Sir Chips, first of all, what a ridiculous, who is called Chips, by the way? I mean, what a ridiculous name. That should have rang alarm bells straight away. He's been, he, he'd been on the board since 2005 um, and was given the chairman's role, as I said, seven years ago. Now, I appreciate that the way Arsenal is run as a football club, and particularly in the last couple of years when we've seen changes, his power has been limited in the sense that he can't just turn up like some chairman and say, nope, I want to do this. I want to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I have some sympathy for him there. But what really upset me with Sir Chips um, was the way he conducted himself in front of fans and in front of various supporters groups where meetings took place. He always seemed very sort of arrogant and, and as though he was a above everybody when ultimately you're only the chairman of this great football club you've only got the opportunity to have such a prestigious role because of the fans and because of the support that this club has generated over the years uh, and the excellent work of your predecessors but he just came across as arrogant he shut fans down he just he was somebody that I really really struggled to warm to and I think a lot of fans will agree with this and you could tell from the social media reaction when it was announced that nobody was exactly you know devastated by the news that Sir Chips would be leaving. Um, as I said on Twitter at the time, um, as soon as the news came out. And, you know, sometimes I probably should think a little bit more about situations before I tweet about them. Um, but on this occasion, I guess I just let my fingers run away with themselves. And my tweet was basically along the lines of, well, now he can offer the club absolutely nothing from the comfort of his own home rather than coming into work every day. Because 
what has he done? What has he given this football club? Absolutely nothing. In my opinion, all he's done and all his legacy will ever be is that he probably further damaged the relationship between Arsenal and its supporters. Again, I don't hold him accountable for everything that's gone wrong at Arsenal over the last few years. That would be completely wrong because we should understand how the club is run and how decisions are made and and what exactly Sir Chips Keswick's role entailed. But for me, he never done himself any favours and I will not be in the slightest bit disappointed uh, not to see him in that role going forward. So see you later, mate. All the best. You know, I don't wish harm on anyone. I don't miss wish bad health on anyone. I think he's 80 years old now, so it probably feels like the right time for him to step away um, only he will know that. But for me, see you later, mate. It, it, it's that simple. I'm not, I'm not particularly ju- overjoyed by it, jumping for joy. But he's not someone I ever warmed to. He's not somebody I ever felt was right or suited to the role, or was ever capable of bridging that gap between the club and its supporters. Therefore, the fact he's gone is no skin off my nose. And and see you later. Best of luck in whatever you do. Mr. Chips, um, but for me, you, you weren't a, a great Arsenal chairman and someone that I'll be remembering um, for the right reasons anyway. In other news, reports emerged earlier this week uh, from Sky Sports that David Lewis could be set to leave Arsenal this summer for free. Um, when David Lewis was brought in last summer for a fee of £8 million from Chelsea, it was understood by the majority that this was on a two-year deal. Now, I when I heard this and I read this, I was very quick to say, whoa, I think you've got this wrong, Sky. Um, you know, what are you talking about? It's a two-year deal. And so I frantically started searching back through the club's communications to find the one where they announced the David Lewis deal. And interestingly, actually, Arsenal never specified the term of the contract in their official announcement. However, the reason for all this confusion is that all the other media outlets or, or most of the main players, the Skies, the, the BBCs, um, they did specify the term of the contract and they did say that it was a two-year deal uh, that David Lewis had signed on. And, and that's been the, the basis of all of this confusion. So what is actually the case? Well, even still... We haven't had any concrete confirmation of anything. All we know is that Sky have come out and said that based on their information, David Lewis only managed to agree a one-year deal with the Arsenal. And there was going to be some negotiations in regards to extending that. There was an option to make it into a two-year deal further down the line. But that appears not to have happened. Of course, the COVID-19 situation has thrown a spanner in the works in a lot of senses. You know, we've seen the players have to agree to a 10% wage cut. We've seen um, clubs coming out and saying that, you know, in actual fact, we're probably going to have to be a lot more careful with our finances um, going into this summer because of the impact of COVID-19. We also have to plan for the fact that we're not going to be getting gate receipts for however long because there is a very strong chance that next season will continue uh, with either games being played behind closed doors or with limited attendances. So there is so much to take into account. And I do believe that financially, um, David Lewis is well, renewing David Lewis's contract is a problem. And I think that financially, 
Arsenal are reluctant to do it because of the current situation. From a totally footballing perspective, which as fans is all we should really care about, I think it's absolutely the wrong decision to allow David Lewis to walk out of the club for free. We paid £8 million for him, not to mention all the wages um, that he received over over the last season, but to pay £8 million for a centre-back and, and he's only going to be there for a year seems ludicrous to me. I know we needed one, um, and this may be a controversial opinion, but I think that, particularly in the second part of this season, David Lewis has been Arsenal's best centre-back. Yes, he's got moments of madness in him. We knew that when we signed David Lewis. We knew exactly what he was all about. Um, but given the way that Mikel Arteta wants to play football, given the way that we're not exactly blessed with uh, uh, any particularly strong alternatives, I think it would be an absolute mistake to allow David Lewis to leave. Not just for his footballing ability, though, for the experience that he brings to the table, for the the encouragement that he brings to those younger players who are developing. And they've spoken glowingly about David Lewis uh, time and time again and about what he brings to the table and how effective his input has been and, and how influential he's been on their careers and their development. And we're talking about the likes of Martinelli. We're talking about Bukayo Saka, who in many ways represent the future of this football club. So I think that you, you've got to take all of that into account when deciding whether to keep David Lewis or not. Now, I know that the finances are a problem and I know that Arsenal are going to be forced into doing things that they're not Exit that they maybe didn't want to do, but they're going to have to make some cuts somewhere. And I just think with David Lewis, and in his case, you are not going to, you know, if you can't afford to renew David Lewis's contract, how can you afford to go out and get a, a better centre half? You know, when you look at Mustafi, everybody's got their opinion on Shkodran Mustafi. He's one of these players that can perform really, really well for three or four weeks and then make an absolutely calamitous error and cost you. You've got Socrates, who, full of heart, full of determination, but in my opinion, has never been good enough for Arsenal. Um, you know, Callum Chambers is is going to be coming back from a real long-term injury, and you don't know how he's going to respond to that. We saw how long it took Hector Bellerin to get anywhere close to being fit enough again. And then we've got, you know, Rob Holding, another one, long-term injury. Um, and he came back from that long-term injury um, earlier on this season, but he's never really got back into the rhythm of things. He's never got back into the swing of things. And in fact, he looks the shadow of the player that he looked in that FA Cup final against Chelsea, for example. So there is so much to consider here. I just think that if you haven't got the finances to to renew David Lewis's contract, how the hell are you going to go out and lay out money on someone else? Unless the club have already identified someone that they want to bring in the summer. And if that's the case and, you know, allowing David Lewis to leave will help finance that deal, then that's a different story because then ultimately what Arsenal are doing is they're, they're rebuilding and we need a rebuild. I think everybody can agree with that. But as long as things are being done for the right reasons, I think as fans, we're not privy to all the information, which makes it difficult to make judgments at times. But on the face value of it, looking at solely football alone, it's not the right thing to let David Lewis go, in my opinion. Let me know what you think in the comments uh, below. I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that as well. Um, is it right to let David Lewis leave on a free transfer? Should Arsenal be doing everything they can to keep him? Um, or do you believe maybe that Arsenal have another option in the pipeline? And that is why they have decided um, to, to go down this route. 
All right, moving on. Some pictures. Whoops, camera dropped there. There you go. Some pictures have emerged um, over the last couple of days of a Adidas Arsenal kit. Um, it's supposed to be our away kit for the 2020-21 campaign. Uh, it's white. Um, you'll see the image in the thumbnail. It's white. And for me, Arsenal should never have any kit that is predominantly white because it reminds me too much of that lot down the road. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I know a lot of people have spoken about it potentially being a training kit, but the information that's been leaked alongside it is that it is the away kit. Now, I don't know is the honest answer. I don't think anybody really knows. Um, but there are suggestions that it is going to be Arsenal's away strip for the next season. Let me know your thoughts on Arsenal wearing an all-white kit. It just doesn't sit right with me. Um, we had one uh, a few years back. I think it was the uh, Herbert Chapman one. Um, it was a commemorative one, and it had sort of the, the red current trimmings. This one, look, it's not a hideous kit on face value when you look at it. I actually think it's a pretty decent kit, but it just doesn't suit Arsenal Football Club. Arsenal, for me, have to have... Uh, one of two away kits. It's either got to be uh, predominantly yellow with blue trimmings um, or blue with the yellow trimmings. You know, that the growing up as an Arsenal fan, that's what I, I've enjoyed. You know, I haven't minded some of the gold ones that they've done over the years. I've, I've really liked a couple of them, actually. Um, the one we won the league at Old Trafford in, for example. And there was one a, a, a little bit more recently, uh, sort of with that gold and navy blue uh, sort of effect going on. So I'm okay with that. But white just doesn't sit right with me. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as well. Um, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. Subscribe, like the video, share it, leave your comments on all the topics that we've discussed. And we're going to be back uh, full time as of next week, meaning we'll be bringing you three shows a week. So we'll be bringing you our uh, review show, which will take place on Mondays. Um, or Tuesdays if we play on Mondays. Um, the Social Club, which is a, a show in which we bring on various guests from around the footballing world and we talk about the biggest issues in the game. And we'll be bringing you the preview show on Thursday or Friday, depending on when Arsenal are scheduled to play. So lots more to come. Really excited, really buzzing to get uh, back into the swing of things and, and getting the Chronicles of Aguna back up and running. We're going to be bigger. We're going to be better than ever. And uh, we look forward to having you on board as we continue the journey. Um, don't forget to stay safe. Um, take care of yourselves, as, as Boris would say, stay alert. Um, I know there are some some measures um, that suggest the lockdown is easing and that's great. And, and we can all start to try and return back to normal life. But do take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones and don't let people pressure you into doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. Um, so take care. Um, we'll be back very, very soon with more. Um, we'll be back on Monday with another episode. So until then, take care. Hope you've enjoyed this one. Don't forget to hit that like button. Cheers.